The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed with host and author of the award-winning book of the same name, Lisa Lutan. Lisa has amazing tips to help you slow down, get healthy, manage your time, improve your relationships, and deal with stress. Now, here is Lisa Lutan. Hey everyone, it's Lisa. Welcome to my show where I get to introduce you to my favorite health and wellness rock stars. Today, I actually have two different rock stars to introduce you to, so make sure you listen to the entire show. As a health and lifestyle coach, I have been fascinated by gut health for years, but I found that it's only recently that it's getting the broader attention that it deserves, and I give credit for this to a group of amazing integrative doctors out there who are leading the way in this critical mission to educate us about gut health. And that is why I am totally beyond excited for my first guest today, Dr. Vincent Pedre. Dr. Pedre is the medical director of the Pedre Integrative Health and founder of Dr. Pedre Wellness. He's a clinical instructor in medicine at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine, is also a certified in yoga and medical acupuncture. How cool is that? He believes the gut is a gateway towards excellent health, and so he wrote the book Happy Gut, the cleansing program to help you lose weight, gain energy, and eliminate pain. Dr. Pedre, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day today. (laughs) I start every guest with the same Lisa's five questions. So let's start. Number one, what did you have for breakfast today? Oh, I had a, um, I had a really great, I was in the airport actually, and I found an oatmeal that had flaxseed and chia and pumpkin seeds and almonds. It was a really nice, uh, I was surprised because it's usually hard to find something that I would like to eat when I'm on the go with, uh, with some sliced bananas and a cup of tea because I don't drink coffee anymore. I'm, I'm too sensitive to coffee. So I just, What airport uh, was that? <laughs> <laughs> this was LaGuardia, LaGuardia early this morning. Yeah, I was I was really psyched because I had to be up so early. I, I didn't have time. Usually, my my usual breakfast, had you asked me this on a regular day, uh, would have been a smoothie that I make with all sorts of uh, really power packed nutrients like hemp seeds, and uh, I might put Brazil nuts in there. Sometimes I add spinach or Swiss chard, and I love using raw cacao. Uh, There's so many um, rich minerals in it. And um, and then I'll add frozen berries, either blueberries, raspberries. So that's kind of like my my typical day is that morning smoothie, and it just powers me all through uh, lunchtime. Uh, and I use a protein powder, a hypoallergenic protein powder that um, I developed for gut health. Uh, so it it really agrees with me, and it's it just kind of really 
empowers me. So I don't have to think about eating when I get to the office and I'm run seeing patients until lunchtime. <laughs> and before I move on to question number two, that's your own powder, your own protein powder that you Yeah, buy? yeah. It's part of the Happy Gut um, happy gut supplement line that I created um, as part of a gut healing program. And so it's a powder that is uh, vegan, uh, mostly pea protein based. Uh, so it's hypoallergenic. And it has a whole bunch of gut healing nutrients. Um, and it's really done well. I mean, not just for me, and I kind of consider myself the, I guess we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of the canary in the coal mine, <laughs> per se, uh, because I, I grew up with IBS and I have a very, um, I had a very sensitive stomach. Now my, now my stomach is uh, quite well since I know exactly how to eat for it. And um, yeah, it just, uh, it took me a while to find the right combination and, and this one is really nice. And now I'm, I'm developing a new one that is uh, sugar-free and stevia-free, but still tastes really good. Yeah. Well, I'll have to talk to you about that after the show because I'm chomping at the bit. I have a million questions here. But how do you spend (laughs) the first hour of your day? Well, it depends how what is in line for that day. Some days I'm taking my son to school, so I'm getting him dressed and ready to go and make sure that he has something for breakfast. Um, But a lot of days I I wake up and I either set my intention for the day or I think about what I'm grateful for. Uh, And it could be as simple as that it's a sunny day and I'm grateful that today is a sunny day and that it's going to be blue skies and that puts me in a really good mood. Uh, But I always try to you know, kind of enjoy the quiet in the first few minutes of the morning before the craziness starts to kind of uh, get back into my body and into the day and make that transition from sleeping to a, a day that is usually jam-packed every single minute. And then there's the showering and breakfast smoothie and getting out the door <laughs> and getting to the office and Usually I'm picking up a tea on the go and I have my my place where they already know me. I get an organic breakfast tea with a lemon and nothing else in it. And uh, probably within, that's probably at the end of that hour I'm getting to the office and starting to uh, see what's coming for the day. And what do you do for fun? (laughs) Uh, Is there room for fun? (laughs) (laughs) That's the question. Um, oh, a lot of things. I mean, I'll, one thing that I, I actually, this is, it's kind of silly, but it's so much fun. I bought a a table tennis set that, um, you can just put in on the dining room table. So it's basically a net that ties into either edge and my son and I turned the dining room table into, (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, ping pong. And uh, we have a lot of fun and laugh uh, playing ping pong or sometimes I'll, I'll play a video game with him. Uh, I'll, I'll reach into my inner child and, and <laughs> hang out with him like that. Or, or um, uh, I like to go, sometimes I'll go to yoga class or take my son to the basketball court and we'll play uh, all sorts of different games. We make up rules. Uh, uh, we make up different uh, 
different types of games or change the rules. Um, and sometimes just go for a walk, you know, just be out in nature, uh, go to the park. What is the one thing you do every single day that has a huge impact on your life? I think that brings me back to gratitude uh, because I can remember a day when that didn't exist in my life and it was so easy to um, run into the negative script that happens in our minds. You know, it seems like negativity is a ball rolling down a hill and if you don't stop it, it just keeps building momentum and momentum and Positivity is something you have to practice. It's a hike up the hill. Uh, it takes work. It takes work initially, and once you start to do it over and over, then it becomes easier and easier. So just bringing gratitude into my life and trying to find the good in everything and the positive even in the things that, that seem to be not so great. Like, I'll give you an example. I was on my way to San Diego just about two weeks ago and I had to connect through Philadelphia and I broke my rule because <laughs> I never do this. One of my, my foundational travel rules is always take a nonstop if a nonstop is available. But I live close to LaGuardia and I thought, well, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go there. It's an early morning flight and it's, it's in May, so, or it was April, and I thought, there's not going to be a weather issue. It's not going to snow. We'll be fine. Well, we get halfway to the runway, and the plane stops, and the pilot comes on and says, we are on ground hold. <laughs> and he doesn't know when we're going to take off. And I start looking because I know that from landing, I had 45 minutes to make my connection and now I'm thinking, uh-oh, like this, is <laughs> like this is getting tighter and tighter. And I found myself kind of getting antsy. And when we landed, we actually landed at the time my other flight was leaving. So you get to that point of like you just have to reach this acceptance like, okay, I just missed the only nonstop from Philadelphia to San Diego this morning. And the next one is at 5.30 tonight. <laughs> so oh. now I knew what I was in for. I ended up flying through Phoenix and then Phoenix. But, um, but I thought to myself in that moment, you know, maybe I don't have enough patience lately. Maybe this is teaching me some patience. You know, so my, my six-hour trip became almost a 10, 12-hour trip across the country uh, between flights and making connections. But um, I thought, you know, how can I turn this around? It's really, it's, it's, it's digging into something that is part of my youthful self. I was very impatient and I thought, you know, that I, I had that under control and there it came back. And I, and I just thought, you know, in that moment, you know, you can get upset and people get upset and they go up and they, they're mean to the flight attendant or to the person at the desk. And I think that is so unproductive because it's not going to change what happened and it's not going to change that <laughs> you missed your connection. You know, no one can take that back, but it's a learning lesson and, and so important to go back to, well, what can I, you know, it's gratitude, but also what can I learn from this? You know, what is it that I thought I had already learned that maybe needed a little reinforcement and it was just being patient and going with the flow 
So and it turned out I got into a flight that was going through Dallas and it was going to get me in much later. And the desk agent couldn't get me on the flight I wanted to be on. And I was a little bit bummed and I'm walking down the airport to the other gate, feeling down. And then I think, you know, I'm just going to call. I'm going to call them. You never know. And I call and there was one seat available <laughs> on the flight that I wanted to be on because it got in earlier. So at least I didn't have to wait that long. And I ended up sitting next to another person that was on my flight from LaGuardia and we had a fun time talking. So you never know what these adventures are going to bring. You know, if you go with the flow and, and you don't fight it, uh, a lot of times it, it, it can just really enrich your day. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. I want to jump right in since we don't have that much time today. I want to jump right into gut health. And one of the things that not a day goes by that I don't get asked questions or hear about is SIBO. Mm. And um, why is it all of a sudden we're hearing so much about SIBO? I really think, so I have a several theories. One is that SIBO was always under our noses but we just weren't recognizing it enough. We were just chalking it up to this universal diagnosis called IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. And it was really composed of multiple different things. So at some point they found that a big majority of IBS patients probably had underlying SIBO. And it could be up to like 60%. And if you treated them with an antibiotic, it would resolve the symptoms. The problem is that I see is that the antibiotic is only temporary uh, because this problem is much more complex than that. And the problem with calling it SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, is that you might be missing the entire picture. So I think it would be more appropriate, maybe not as sexy, to call it SIMO. <laughs> small intestinal microbial overgrowth because it might not just be bacteria. And in fact, a big proportion of SIBO is uh, caused by methanogens. They call them methanogens, methane-producing archaea. And as you might imagine from the word archaea, they are an archaic form of bacteria. They are very fastidious and they do not respond to the regular antibiotic. Now, the recommended antibiotic for that is neomycin, which can cause uh, autotoxicity. It can cause um, ringing in the ears and hearing loss. So it, it's, uh, it makes me nervous to use that. So I tend to use natural remedies. But if you're thinking of it as SEMO, it could be fungal overgrowth. And that's the problem I see is that people get better initially with the antibiotic because maybe it's addressing the SIBO component of it but they're not addressing the, I'll, I'll throw another word at you, CFO, another acronym, CFO component, which is small intestinal fungal overgrowth. So you put those two together, SIBO and CFO, and it makes CMO. And I don't see anyone getting better. I see people uh, suffering and suffering and they go on rounds of antibiotics and then they try the, you know, the herbal antibiotics. That is, a, that is the problem. That is, yeah. that is the problem that I see. And that's what really inspired me to go down this route um, and, and then write my book, Happy Gut, because I felt that 
So many people were looking for answers and they were looking in the wrong places and getting the wrong answers. You know, if you treat it as a singular infection with a singular magic bullet answer, that's not going to get the person better. What I call it is I look at it, I think of it as kind of like a sine wave with a big tail. So the initial treatment maybe is an antibiotic, but there's a long tail to that treatment where you have to address the issues that got the person to SIBO in the first place. For example, I have a patient that developed SIBO as a result of being put on an anti-acid medication, a proton pump inhibitor, for like nine months. And at the end of that, he developed SIBO because you're altering the stomach acid. So one risk factor for SIBO is having low, um, low stomach um, acid production. So you actually have a high pH in the stomach. And that doesn't protect you from all the bugs that are coming through, uh, through the food that you eat. That's okay. one example. But the other thing is, is gut motility. So a lot of people with SIBO have a motility issue. They have a problem with what they, we call the migrating motor complex, which is the part of the nervous system that directs the movement of the smooth muscle in, in the intestines. It causes those waves of contraction that we call peristalsis. But this is, I think, the, the thing that people are, are really missing, that I think at the root of SIBO is a very high-stress moment in life, a stressed-out person, someone who's anxious, because stress anxiety is like a shockwave to the small bowel, and it stops. It stops that migrating motor complex from being able to work properly, and so it can't contract to keep moving bacteria down and out, so sometimes the bacteria from the, the large intestine then make it into the small intestine and call it cause SIBO. So I think you really have to uh, go back and look at the, the root cause issues, which are not just looking at the microbial infection or overgrowth but, or, the, or imbalance, as I like to think of it. Uh, but you have to look at the whole person, mind, body, and really address you know, what type of person becomes a SIBO patient. And usually they're very stressed out people, people that have been through traumatic incidents in their lives. You have to go back and address that as well. Now, one thing that I, I get asked often by people is, you know, if you have SIBO, can you take a probiotic? Because you basically have mm. good bacteria, but in the wrong place. So we don't want to increase that bacteria. So what would that you advise really, that? It, it can be really dangerous to take a probiotic. I mean, not dangerous, but it can be really, um, uh, what I meant to say is it can be really uncomfortable to take a probiotic if you have SIBO or SIMO, because if you already have too many bacteria in the small bowel and you're adding to that, it can make you really gassy. And I learned this early on treating patients with SIBO. I had to be very careful when to, I, I wanted to bring probiotics in, but you have to time it appropriately. Make sure that the SIBO is resolved before you start to incorporate probiotics. And you can even start with fermented foods, which you can have in very small doses just to test out your tolerance. I mean, some SIBO patients have histamine intolerance, so they have to be careful with fermented foods or cultured foods. Um, but it also depends on the strain of the probiotic. So a lot of times in my post-SIBO patients, I will start them on a spore-based probiotic 
not what you normally think of as an over-the-counter probiotic, which would be uh, strains of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. Those are the two most common. I might start them on a bifido-only probiotic, but lately I've been seeing really good results with starting them on a spore-based probiotic initially and waiting a little bit, making sure they're okay before I add a more comprehensive probiotic that has those other strains, some of which live in the small bowel. So you, you want to be careful that it's almost like an art, like knowing when is the time, but it's, it also involves, you know, I do a lot of listening, but I also do a lot of teaching my patients how to listen to their bodies. Do you think that diet, like the diet, for example, in your book, Happy Gut, would work for somebody that has SIBO or CMO or CFO. This is, what, this is what's really interesting. Um, as a broad stroke, it would mo- work for most of them. But SIBO patients can be really idiosyncratic. So some of them, one SIBO patient may be able to eat some avocado and another SIBO patient can eat avocado because it makes them bloat like crazy. So it can be really, really specific to the person. So any SIBO patient, I always say, you know, you can look at a diet guideline like my happy gut diet or the low FODMAP diet or something called the SIBO specific diet and realize that it's only a guideline. And again, um, you know, people sometimes get very stuck in the concrete world of, okay, what can I eat and what can I not eat? And I really try to get people away from that. I try to get them to the place where, okay, this is the guideline of what you should eat and shouldn't eat. But if you eat something that's okay in this, in this guideline, but it doesn't sit okay for you, you really have to listen to your body. You know, because what you're doing is you're developing your own diet, your individualized diet. And the only person that can know that the best is you, is the individual. Which is true for everything, right? Not just SIBO. I mean, we all have to just listen to our bodies because our bodies are going to tell us what it likes and doesn't like, right? But honestly, surprisingly, and this is something I see probably, I mean, 98% of the time, people don't listen to their bodies. I see It's almost they, they need someone, an outsider to come in to tell them, knock, knock. (laughs) this is what your body is saying to you and I think you know I mean I think my most important role as a doctor is to be a teacher and what I want to do is empower people to take care of themselves you know I don't want them to be dependent on me for all the answers I want to teach them how to be able to find their own answers through their body wisdom Now, I know that you talk a lot in your book about certain foods that we should stay away from, like gluten and dairy and and sugar. Can you just touch upon those briefly? Yeah. So, um, gluten is very, very inflammatory for the gut lining. And in fact, there was a study done with the gluten protein, the gliadin, that found that it increased intestinal permeability, causing something that we call leaky gut syndrome. And they looked at three groups. They looked at patients with celiac, which we know is an autoimmune intolerance to gluten. So these are the most severe gluten intolerant patients. Then they looked at non-celiac gluten sensitive, and they looked at normal individuals. And you probably would think that the normal individuals would have no effect from gluten. But guess what? They also had 
a small increase in intestinal permeability. So every group with increasing degrees, the celiacs had the most increase in permeability, but the normals also had some increase in permeability. And, and I think of it as you don't become celiac overnight or you don't develop non-celiac gluten sensitivity, which is a really large group. It's about 10% of the U.S. population. That's like 40 million people. That's a big number. Wow. So, and you don't become that overnight. And I think it's, uh, it, it's, it's something that can accumulate over time. And you keep adding insult to injury by taking antibiotics, by being under a lot of stress, uh, by eating uh, all these inflammatory foods that are not good for the gut. Dairy for a lot of people, I mean, across the world, uh, the rates of lactose intolerance are, are huge. Um, in places like China, India, it's, it's like over 85%. In the U.S., it's at least 70% of the population is lactose intolerant. But a lot of people, as I found for myself, are also dairy sensitive. So I, I react to dairy proteins and it makes it weakens my immune system and it causes a lot of mucus production. So then I get sick very easily. I'll pick up whatever virus is circulating. Then I'm other foods, uh, I wanted to mention soy and corn. Uh, because greater than 90% of the soy and corn produced in the United States is genetically modified. And unless it's labeled non-GMO, organic, like you don't know if a food is genetically modified because it doesn't have to be labeled as such. Dr. Pedro, unfortunately, we're running out of time, and I want to make sure that you can tell we're our listeners. We're just warming up. <laughs> I know. I am going to have to have you back soon because, like I said, I have, like, so many questions here. But please tell our listeners how they can, you know, learn more about your book and about you. Absolutely. The best way to learn more about my book, Happy Gut, and about my philosophy and uh, what I do is to go to the website, Happy Gut Life. Dot com, And you can also learn about my supplement line that I created. I have people that we've helped all across the country. I mean, the best thing is when I get a note from someone uh, just a couple of months ago who told me I did your cleanse and everyone was telling me that my asthma was permanent and it actually, for the first time, I, I didn't have to use an inhaler. Uh, and I think that that's really amazing. Like, that's why I, I did what I did. I wanted to help more people than I could ever possibly see within the four walls of my office. And, Absolutely. And I've accomplished that. I, I mean, I know that I've helped people across the country. That is really, really amazing. At least, you know, continuing the conversation and being another voice to sound out how important gut health is to overall wellness. And like you said, that's how you started the show today, um, you've been in this, so interested in this for many years, and it's finally coming to the spotlight. Finally, finally. Well, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. I think that, like I said, I have literally 50 more questions (laughs) that I would love to ask you. So hopefully you'll come back on the show again soon. And thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. And it was my pleasure. And uh, anytime, seriously, I would love to come back and, and chat some more about gut health. Well, that sounds great. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye. 
Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a busy, stressed, and hungry go-getter who knows what to do to get healthier but has trouble doing it? The problem with popular diets is that they were designed for other people, not you. Sure, they might work for the short term, but for the longer term results, you need a plan designed specifically for your unique body and lifestyle. How about the stress in your life? Do you ever stop and take a deep breath? Do you know what all this stress is doing to your health? Healthy living strategist and author of Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed, Lisa Lutan will get you on your way with coaching, online courses and challenges, and even retreats. You will learn tips and strategies to help you calm down, get healthy, and make you feel and look better than ever. For a limited time, Lisa Lutan is offering a free 15-minute breakthrough session to help you get started feeling better right away. Just visit HealthyHappyAndHip.com to get your free 15-minute breakthrough strategy session. That's Healthy, Happy, and Hip. Yes, you heard it right. HealthyHappyAndHip.com and enter your info in the contact page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. are listening to busy stressed and food obsessed to reach the program today please call 1-866-472-5792 again that's 1-866-472-5792 feel like sending an email instead send it to lisa at healthy happy and hip.com now back to busy stressed and food obsessed here again is lisa lutan Hey, everybody. Welcome back. My next guest is Deborah Wayne. She's the founder of the Pain-Free Living Program. Deborah is an internationally known energy healer and pain relief specialist whose expertise is helping people to find and remove the hidden causes for chronic pain, chronic fatigue, depression, anxiety, trauma, struggles with food, weight, emotional eating addictions, and so much more. Oh, my goodness, so much to talk about. (laughs) Since her own wake-up call over 30 years ago, Deborah's been immersed both personally and professionally in the healing arts, and her life's work unites both leading-edge science and spiritual healing. Her revolutionary non-invasive method known as biofield healing, which we're going to hear more about today, has helped thousands of people worldwide to get their energy and lives back. Deborah, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and just very honored and grateful that you're getting this message out to the world. What a great show you have. Oh, thank you. I had so much fun reading your book. Her book is called Why Do I Still Hurt? Rapid Relief for Chronic Pain, Depression, Anxiety, and More. And it's such an interesting take on this subject, so I'm psyched to get in. But I want to ask you a couple of Lisa's Ask Every Guest questions. So what do you have for breakfast today? I had a, well, it's my own version of a smoothie, Um, part coconut water, coconut milk, lots of collagen powder, raw cacao, and spinach. Okay. How do you spend blended, the first hour of your day? Blender, obviously. Blended. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you spend the first hour of your day? I usually do yoga or meditate or both, and it's usually an hour and a half. And what do you do for fun? 
What do I do for fun? So many things. Uh, I love to walk on the beach. I love to go to yoga. I love to travel to exotic places, um, be with friends, be with people. Just so many things. I love dance. I'm quite the dancer. And anything to do with art or theater, music. What is the one thing you do every day that has a huge impact on your life? Yoga and meditation. No doubt about it. No doubt. And who inspires you? Oh, my goodness. I'm inspired by so many people and not just famous people, but I'm inspired by life, really, by by people I meet or see or I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm, you know, very um, open to all kinds of media out there, and I'm inspired by the people who have overcome hardship and tell their story. Interesting. So how is it, speaking of hardship and sharing a story, how is it that you ended up here in this crazy field of energy healing and helping people with all their struggles? Because I almost killed myself, literally. And I, oh, no. I got, yeah, I know. I got to a place 33 years ago in my life where I was literally in the bottom of my closet, woke up regular Monday morning, could not get dressed, could not go to work, could not fake it one more day. Uh, I was in a puddle of tears, and I had just hit literally the bottom. I call it my closet crisis. And from the outside looking in, everything looked great. You know, big house, husband, fabulous career. I was completely bankrupt inside. And... All I did was try to fill that hole, that void, with food or drugs or alcohol or shopping, and I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I had gotten very out of alignment with my true nature, and so that began a moment of real, in-the-mirror truth. And fortunately, everything turned around because it really, I literally, I was so sick physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I I was either going to end or everything was going to change. And I became willing to do the work to make a change. You know, it's so amazing how many of us have the, have a version of that story where we just Isn't collapse, yeah. hit rock bottom. Yeah. yeah. I guess I especially all of us who try to help other journey people. For many people, it's, there is a particular path where, you know, we, we follow a certain formula. I, you know, the A plus B is going to equal happiness. But it doesn't work for a lot of people. And... When we follow that, or or it can also happen when things happen, things occur in your life that you that are unexpected that you think you should be able to overcome, or there's a sudden death, or you weren't expecting your husband to leave you, or you know these, or or your child dies, or it could be so many things, but where you feel out of control, and I've really come to believe those are seriously important crossroads. And they're part of the spiritual journey because how you deal with that determines the rest of your entire life. And it's not a bad thing. It's a moment where you have really great opportunity for huge, tremendous growth and change and ultimately transformation or not. You can live in misery. 
It's so true. Now, I'm a huge fan of energy healing, but I think right. a lot of people don't really understand what it is. So maybe you can explain to people what it is actually before we go on. Well, there are different understandings of this. I will speak from what I have come to understand as truth. They, we know from science everything is energy, everything, even what appears to be solid. So your physical body seems like a solid object, the desk, the chair, the phone, it, it all looks solid, but actually if you were to look at it under a high-powered microscope, you would see it's teeny tiny particles of energy vibrating at different densities, and some of it is low and slow, so it appears more solid, but it's not. It's like when you look at an image on a computer screen and you blow it up, you see all the little pixels, the different colored dots. That's what we are made of. And then when you look out into space, it seems like it's empty, but it's actually filled with energy. And here's the key. It's not just energy. It's information, quantum information. And so everything is made up of this vibration, of vibration. and there are patterns of vibration, and Every single thing, every organ in your body, everything in life has a particular frequency that it, it, responds, it resonates with. It, it vibrates at this frequency. And so energy healing, and we know also from science, there's a field of energy around every living thing, including your body. And it holds the, this quantum information that I mentioned. And so we can, we can find where there's disturbed energy and information in your field. And this is the missing puzzle piece to health and happiness. Is that what you call biofield healing? Yes. See, the biofield okay. is actually a new area of science called biofield science that most people are not aware of. This is not some woo-woo make-believe thing. It's a real area in science because they're, that's now the hot topic because they're finding out that the biofield houses the quantum information. And if you work at that level first, like, I can find things in the field that haven't even manifested yet in the physical body. You can prevent illness. And it's the key to both health and illness. And even if it's already manifested in the body, you can do repair work in a truly non-invasive way without touching in the energy field. So how would you do that? Like, um, you had mentioned this is something, you know, you can demo. Maybe we could do it right now. Absolutely we can. Yeah, I can scan a group field. <laughs> and this gets, I mean, we, we would have to talk for an hour to really <laughs> convey this. And, and actually, I, I'll be completely honest, the greatest physicists are still trying to figure this out. So I don't claim to have all the answers. But I know that I've tested this now for years and years with tens of thousands of people. And I'm able to scan an individual or um, a group and feel a feel, feel in the field where there's disturbances. And so you have listeners now, and the frequencies that I bring in will be embedded in the recording. So anyone else who listens at even a later time will reap the benefit because this work goes outside the realm of time and space as we typically understand it. So I won't go down that rabbit hole, but... It, it's not about space or distance or you being in front of me or me touching you. It's none of that. It's literally that we are all interconnected, and in this field, I can bring in a high vibration that raises 
your state of consciousness to a place that exists right now where there is no dis-ease. And so can you pick up on my energy field just over yes. the sound waves? I, I, I can do it individually or I can do it for the group, yes. Well, let's just try it. Let's just do it with you and me right here, right now. Okay, so if you would just gently close your eyes and get as comfortable as you can. Ideally, you'd be lying down, but it doesn't matter. You're just sitting in your chair and just get comfortable. Close your eyes, take a breath. And I'd like you to take your attention inside yourself. And I'm just going to what I call scan your field. And you may begin to notice inside yourself. I'd like you to just pay attention to anything you start to see or hear or feel or sense inside you. Notice if any thoughts come up and let them come up, even if it's thoughts you don't want to be thinking about or emotions. Emotions may come up. Just let them come up. You may notice a fragrance or a taste. And your body may start to move on its own. You want to let that happen. Or if you just feel like moving, just let that happen. Let yourself be free to move. That's actually part of the healing process. And I'm just going to quietly for another minute or so work in your field. And you just pay attention and notice and let whatever happens happen without trying to change it, without analyzing it or judging it as good, bad, right, or wrong. Just notice it. Like you would notice clouds passing by in the sky. Very slowly now, just very slowly now, we'll come back as you just take a deep breath, start to wiggle your fingers and toes, and just take your time, no rush, slowly and gently 
Take a long breath in and out. Feel yourself becoming alert and awake. <sighs> and come all the way back now, wide awake. And gently, here. slowly open your eyes. Good. Yeah. So that's a very short demo, but I could already feel you. And tell me what you noticed. What did you... Well, I noticed, and and I'm glad we're doing this because I think a lot of people will understand kind of what's involved, so it'll be less scary for them when they kind of see. But Mm -hmm. I felt in the beginning like a heaviness in my belly, Mm -hmm. like it was almost like a big rock in my belly, and Mm -hmm. I felt my shoulders were almost very rounded and curved, more so Mm -hmm. than like normal. But then at the end, I felt a wave of joy come up through my body and just kind of like literally move up through my body into my face. Interesting. So again, this is how the science shows up. Every energy is weight, are waves. And I cannot tell you how many people say to me, I felt waves. It felt waves. My body moved like a wave. I felt like water. They, they'll either see an image or actually feel what you just described. This is how your body, which is made of energy, goes back into its natural state. It has the potential to change at any given moment from a pattern of holding, and most people, many people hold in their gut and in their shoulders and their neck. This is where pain shows up. This is where gut issues and all kinds of other things show up. It's a pattern of holding, and it gets released, and sometimes literally instantaneously you feel it, and you return to that higher vibrational state, which is joy and peace and love and even bliss. So many people feel the bliss from this type of work. And what is it that you're doing on the other side? Like people, I know I'll go for an energy healing session. My husband will go, what, nobody even touches you? Like what's going on there? Like there's so many people that are so skeptical. So what is going on, Jordan? Completely understandable. I actually use my hands and I pretend that that you're in front of me. And as I go from head to toe in your field, I can literally feel areas that light up. The vibration changes. I also hear tones, sounds, sometimes musical notes that change. But I'm a feeler. I'm very kinesthetic. So I will feel the areas where there is, um, where I need to work. And I and will, so and then a vibration. And you feel that in my body? Yep. Mm-hmm. And in those you, areas okay. that I mentioned or in different areas? Well, it doesn't, where I feel something, it doesn't necessarily mean something's quote-unquote wrong in that area. Oftentimes it does indicate that, but not always. It could be that's where, where energy gets stuck or blocked. Like, I felt it at your hip area while you were talking about your gut. That's that midsection area where there's a holding. And then I felt all down your leg, your knees, down through your shins and feet, I felt this huge vibration. And... It's as if, you know, and, and again, I stay away from interpreting. You would know better because you're in there. You can feel it. I'm not, I don't pretend to be a psychic. I don't try to interpret for you. I, um, but I know where I need to work because I can feel it. And then your feedback usually validates that. So you, um, a lot of energy was, re, was probably stuck at that midsection level for you and it started to move and then I felt the, the, the vibration getting stronger in your lower body as a result of that. 
Because think about it. If you're just, it's, it's common sense. Let's say right now you tense up your, the muscles in your stomach because you're, um, you're angry or you're afraid, right? You grip in your gut. If you, and you hold your breath, which tenses your neck and shoulders <laughs> from holding right. your breath. And when you do that, if you were to do that for a long time on a daily basis, if you were under a lot of stress, if you had emotional reaction, if you had a reason to be afraid frequently, you'd create a, a habit pattern of holding stress and tension in the body, which is the root of all dis-ease. There's ease or dis-ease. It's pretty simple. So if there's dis-ease and there's a pattern of holding, you're cutting off the energy from your, to your entire lower body. It's gripped at the gut. So and cool. With, so how can this help people who have food issues? Well, my God, this is huge for people with eating disorders and any type of food issues. And I have worked with thousands of people who have gone gluten-free, wheat-free, dairy-free. I mean, they're living on air and broccoli, and they're still not getting better, right? And they are miserable. They can't leave the house. Some of them have chronic diarrhea and constipation. They're just miserable. They stop traveling. One woman in particular that comes to mind, um, she was very active. They owned homes in two different states. She couldn't travel anymore. She couldn't go to the gym. She was a daily exerciser. Had to stop all of that. And it ruined her life. And she, her doctors, they did test after test. Nothing showed up on a test. And this woman was throwing up continuously. She couldn't be 10 minutes from a bathroom. So in the literally the very first time I worked with her, what we discovered were emotions that she was out of touch with. Now, emotions are energy. Thoughts and emotions are energy and that they're more subtle, a more subtle form of energy than the physical body. And if your energy is in pain and her emotions, she had a lot of emotional pain and and thinking habits that were very negative that were literally showing up in her body as these symptoms. And when we worked together and she recognized this, and she started to really, and I worked with her energetically, she began to cry. She began to release the emotions. She had never had a, a bout of uh, diarrhea or vomiting from that moment on. She went back to traveling, flying, working, the gym every day. I mean, this is the kind of thing that's possible, and I have so many people write to me, um, telling me they lost weight without trying. They started to gravitate towards healthier foods. They, all the junk food they were trying to fill up with, they just, and it wasn't from willpower. They literally were not attracted to it anymore because they were at a very low vibration energetically. And when now, when you say low gets, vibration energetically, what exactly do you mean by that? Okay, so all health, the state of health and happiness and joy is a state of consciousness that's a very high vibration. And the state of fear and anger and emotional upset or debt or pain of any kind, all illness is a very low, heavy, dense vibration. And... Most people walk around, think about it, if you walk into a room, if you're going over to a friend's house, 
and you walk in the room, and there's a party going on, immediately you feel the energy of that. You, you feel the happiness, the joy in the room. You could be in a terrible mood, and it might change your mood immediately. And so the opposite is true. You could walk, you could go into the, open the friend's door and walk in and immediately go, oh my God, what's wrong? You can sense it. This is everything. This is how energy expresses itself everywhere. Deborah, I feel like we are just starting, and unfortunately, we're running out of time. So I want to make sure you tell our listeners, who, by the way, listeners, I'm feeling pretty good, pretty joyful right now. So you're definitely going to want to check this out. So tell them where they can learn more about you and your book and everything else that you offer. You may find me at painfreelivingprogram.com, and when you go there, there's a a free gift for you. Now, do you have a link for that for your viewers, or should I give that out? You can give them the link right now. Okay, yeah. If you just if you go to painfreelivingprogram.com, you will land on a page that asks you to put in your email address. And from that, there is a free gift for you. It's a, an MP3 and an e-workbook that is um, all about how to live pain-free and remove these hidden causes of pain and suffering that are at the root. And it's um, a longer conversation with exercises and a demonstration of the healing, that, uh, the biofield healing that I just did with Lisa that you can go through personally. So I highly encourage you, if you resonate or are curious about this work, to go check that out. And I'm very... Uh, and, and my book will be... You can find the book on the website, too, Why Do I Still Hurt? Or you can find that on Amazon anytime, day or night. <laughs> Deborah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been great. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure. It's just so fun. I wish we had more time. I feel like there was so much more to talk about. But honestly, thanks for the little um, energy work. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to get Have a good smiling day. all day. And, It'll um, keep and continuing. You may yes, even notice more as the day goes on. So enjoy. I will. I will. Thank you. And listeners, thank you for coming by. Come visit me at healthyhappyandhip.com. Let me know what you liked about the show. Let me know what you'd like to see in future shows or just say hello. Until next week, it's Lisa Lutan on Busy Stressed and Food Obsessed Radio. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs> Hope you've enjoyed today's episode on busy, stressed, and food obsessed. Did you get some great ideas from today's show? Join Lisa Lutan again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network staff and management.